Colossians 1.27. Trust you begin to understand what we're doing on a Sunday morning here. Um, <clears throat> Colossians is the point where we start. Uh, but really, Colossians is the one twenty seven is the point where we start everything as far as being Christians are concerned. Colossians one twenty seven, we'll read it again. I'm sure you have it memorized by now. Uh, <clears throat> Colossians one verse twenty seven: To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You know, we need we need the reality of Christ in us as the hope of glory. But everything in our Christian lives springs from it. This morning I want to talk to you about Christ in you, uh, your hope as a witness. Right? Christ in you, the hope. We're going to look at First um, Peter chapter 3 uh, in a few moments uh, and catch that thought there. But, but let me say this to you about witnessing. You know, there are some areas that universally we feel like, you know, we don't quite make it. Rarely does somebody say, you know what, I really feel like I'm, I'm there as far as prayer is concerned. Most of us feel, oh... I, I want to do better. I want to go deeper. I want to be more effective. I want to be spend more time in prayer. Most of us are a little unsatisfied there. The other area that we tend to feel unsatisfied is in the area of witnessing. You know, we look at our lives and we say, oh, I understand it's important. I don't have to convince any of you that it's important, that it's a big deal as far as you being a witness is concerned. And yet we tend to miss it. We tend to fail. We tend to feel like we don't do enough. We tend to feel like we miss opportunities. We tend to feel like we're not effective enough, like we don't get it right enough and, and so on. And really, that's not surprising because if there's any area that the enemies are going to, going to attack us in, he's going to attack, attack us in prayer and he's going to attack us when it comes to the gospel, when it comes to witnessing. He's going to go after us. And so what will what you'll, happen to you is you'll look at your life and you'll see times when you seemed like you were getting it in prayer and then you got knocked off again. And you'll see times when you felt like you were getting it in witnessing and then... You can knock off again. And understand, there's a battle in these two areas. Now, I don't want to beat you up this morning because there's no point in us beating you up. There's no point in us beating ourselves up over this. You see, it's not in me to be a good witness. Do you understand that? It's not in me and it's not in you to be a good witness. The only hope I have of being anything like the witness God wants me to be is Christ in me. That's it. Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's not a case of me pulling myself up by my bootstraps and becoming the witness I've always wanted to be. It's not a case of me taking another course or reading a self-help book or, or anything like that. They're good and they're in their way. It's not a case of that. What it's a case of is it's a case of me depending upon Christ in me to be the witness that he wants me to be. It's a case of me looking to him and depending upon him. We're always going to face a battle in this area. We're always going to have a fight on our hands as far as this is concerned. But Christ in us is the power to overcome the battle and to win, to have victory. That's about for a word of prayer. Father, would you bless this morning as we open the word? And Lord, would you let it move in our hearts in such a way, Lord, that we're able to see all that you have for us. Lord, would you let it be, Lord, that we can actually step into the reality, not based upon what we can do, Lord, not because it's been another challenge to us, but, Lord, because your power in this area is real and that you can and you want to make us witnesses. And, Lord, to you be the glory in Jesus' precious name. 
Amen. Before we get to First Peter, let me, let me just give you a couple of thoughts here uh, from Scripture. <clears throat> First of all, Jesus said to the disciples in Matthew 4.19, he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That's a great comfort to me. That's a tremendous comfort to me. You know what? I don't have to be a witness so much as I have to follow him. And if I'm willing, he will make me a witness. That the, the, the key to it is my relationship with him. The key to it is Christ in me. If I'm going to be the right kind of witness, it's Christ in me. That's going to be the witness. Um, it's not my talents or my abilities. You know, some of you are good at talking, and that's great. Listen, you know, that, that can be a help as far as witnessing is concerned. Some of you are not so good. Some of you die every time you have to talk to somebody. That's okay, because it's not you. It's Christ in you that does the work. It's Christ in you that makes you uh, a witness. It's not because of your oratory. It's not because you're good at sales. But it's his power working in us. Remember Moses? When Jesus, when, when God called him to, to, to um, go before Pharaoh and to lead the nation of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. And, and Pharaoh's got all kinds of excuses. And Pharaoh says, well, I'm not eloquent. I can't do it. And God said, who made man's mouth? I did. Can't I make you talk to? And you know, when it comes to witnessing, there's an element of depending upon the reality of Christ that opens up the whole thing. If you're looking today at, you know, your ability and you're kind of saying to yourself, well, you know, I can't do it. Other people will have to do it. You got the wrong end of the stick because, listen, Christ in you is able to make you a witness. It's a matter of depending upon him to be the witness that you should be. It's a matter of depending upon him to enable you to open your mouth and to speak forth his word. You got to depend upon the reality of Christ. <clears throat> so the first thought is, listen, you don't make yourself a witness. Christ does. That's not to say that having a plan is, is, is a bad thing. That's not to say that you shouldn't uh, study and learn. It's a very important area in your life. But it's Christ in you that makes a witness. Listen, all the plans, all the studying, and all the oratory, oratorical ability, and all the rest of it will mean nothing apart from Christ in you. You're just a salesman. It's Christ in you that makes you a witness. Secondly, <clears throat> I want to point this out to you, that you have the power. You actually have the power. Look at Acts chapter 1. Keep your, just, you can leave Colossians. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, and in verse 7, <clears throat> the disciples again are looking to be made kings and princes and so on of Israel, and, and uh, they're, they're asking, will he restore the kingdom? And in verse 7, he says, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father had put in his own power. He said, don't worry about that. Don't worry about the kingdom. That's not the issue. That's not the problem. He said, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Right? And in Acts chapter 2, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as, a, as of a mighty rushing wind. You know what happened? The Holy Spirit came. Ye shall receive power. And then in Acts chapter 2, they did receive power. I want you to know something this morning. The Holy Spirit hasn't gone. He's still here. He came 
as a force, as a power, as a person, with the express focus here of empowering us as witnesses, and he's still here. And the most exciting times for you as a Christian are those times when you've stepped out in faith and depended upon him and seen him use you as a witness. That's exciting. That's tremendously exciting. Some of you don't know it because you've never stepped out there and let the Holy Spirit use you. But in the Great Commission, Jesus promised, the Lord, I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth, in relation to the gospel. And some of the closest times I've ever had with Jesus have been when I was witnessing. And many could testify of that very thing, that listen, those times when I opened my mouth and God stepped in and God put the words there and it was God that was doing it and you become a bystander in something that's happening, a transaction that's going on between God and somebody else and you're just a bystander almost in it. Man, it's exciting. It's exciting those moments when God takes over. You see, he's always present. Now, we look back at Moses in the Old Testament and we say, that's so ridiculous, Moses. I mean, <clears throat> there you are thinking that, you know, you can't speak to these people and you can't speak to Pharaoh and so on. God is with you. Won't you wake up, Moses? God is with you. Well, why don't we wake up? Because God is with us as far as the gospel is concerned. We don't have to do it by ourselves. You don't have to go out there and make it happen. Listen, you may not feel you've got anything to, to say as far as that's concerned. It doesn't matter. You've got God. You've got God, and God's got the power, and God's got the message. And listen, if you will just let him take and use you, you'll be amazed at what he'll do. You see, you have the power. The Holy Spirit is in you. Uh, he came at Pentecost, and he's, he's here to stay uh, until the end of the age, and he's going to be with you as far as the gospel is concerned. Another thought before we look at First Peter is this. You are Christ's witnesses. Now, <clears throat> that's very important. You're witnessing for Christ. You're not witnessing for you. You're not witnessing for LifeGate Bible Baptist Church, although in a sense, you are. But the, the main drive of it is you're not witnessing for LifeGate Bible Baptist Church. You're not witnessing for you. You're witnessing for Christ. He's the boss. He's in charge. You're just telling them about him. You know, you, you, you will often find somebody <clears throat> who can actually... You know, take an idea belonging to somebody else and, and promote it and sell it. But when it comes to an idea of their own, they feel, oh, you know what? I just feel like I'm being proud and I'm being arrogant and so on. I have such a hard time promoting my own idea. Now, they can sell other people's ideas. They can sell other people's things, but they, they have a hard time selling their own. When it comes to the gospel, you're not selling your deal. It's not about you. You're witnessing for Christ. You're saying... Let me introduce you to somebody that can help you. Let me introduce you into somebody that can to somebody that can change your life. Let me show you the one who's changed my life. And listen, he, he wants to change your life too, if you let him. You're witnessing for Christ, about Christ, of Christ. It's Christ that you're witnessing about. You want to convince them of your way of life. Your way of life only counts because it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So understand that when you go out to witness, listen, you 
are a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ and you're just telling his story. You say, but they may throw questions at me that I can't answer. Then don't answer them. You just say, but listen, this is what Jesus wants you to know. This is what Jesus wants to tell you. Listen, they may have theological, you know, books and all the rest of it. And, you know, you think, I could never compete with them. You don't have to. All you've got to do is tell them what Jesus did. And you say, but that's too simple. That's unbelief. That's what it is. Isn't it unbelief? It's too simple. It's not too simple. It's the gospel. It's the power of God and the salvation. All you've got to do is deliver it. Listen, I'm convinced everybody in this room could actually take their testimony, write their testimony down on one page of paper, and on the one page of paper, write in some verses that were appropriate to it. You know, and you could take it, you could write down, you know, I was a sinner, and you could say how you were a sinner. Uh, you could say uh, how God convicted you of your sin and how he showed you you were going to hell. You could say how you were shown that Jesus was the way to heaven. And you could show how the day came when you trusted, you cried out to him, and he saved you. That's simple, isn't it? You know, listen, that's so simple, a child can do it. That is so simple that, you know, listen, there's none of you that can't do it. Some of you are making excuses and saying you can't do it. And the problem is you're taking it on you. It's not you. You're not telling how great you are. You're not advertising yourself, you know, as being super Christian or Superman or anything, because you're not. Some, somebody said this, and I'm, <clears throat> uh, that, that, that a Christian witnessing is one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Nothing about you involved in it. You didn't do anything. You just trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, but you found the solution to your problem and you want to just show them the solution to your problem. You know, if you had some disease, it's it's interesting, you know, somebody's sick in the church and somebody else knows the answer. In fact, oftentimes there's lots of people who know the answer to the person's sickness, aren't they? Everybody's got, the, everybody's got their cure for the sickness, right? But we'll say you had been cured of cancer. And somebody in the church had cancer. You'd immediately want to tell them about the cure for cancer, wouldn't you? In fact, if your cure for cancer was good enough, you know, and they would let you, you would go on the TV and you would tell everybody how you were cured of cancer. Because it affects so many people. You know, you'd be glad to do that. But what you'd be doing is saying what happened to you. Witnessing is essentially telling them what happened to you. I don't know enough. Do you know that you're saved? Then you know enough. It doesn't have to be, you know, some highfalutin theological message that you deliver. It's the gospel. How you got saved. Listen, just take the word of God and and, and show them how you got saved. That's probably the most powerful way to deliver the gospel. You know, sometimes you're, you're witnessing to somebody and the witness is beginning to wane and you start telling them what happened to you and their ears prick up. Because people are curious, they're inquisitive, they're nosy, and they want to know what's going on in your life. And when you start telling them what's going on in your life and what God did in your life, you know what, they, their ears perk up and they want to listen. But that's all you're doing. You're witnessing, here's what Jesus did for me. Yeah, I love the blind man in John chapter 9. <clears throat> and, the, and the Pharisees come and, and you know, and, the, and they are really upset with him because he's gotten <clears throat> his sight back, and 
and you know they're just really upset about the whole deal and they're upset about the fact that Jesus did it and they're trying to get this guy kicked out of the synagogue and they do and they ask him all kinds of questions and and they think well how can a sinner do these things and he just says well whether he's a sinner or not I don't know but I do know this I was blind and now I see can't you testify like that can't you tell somebody listen I was blind but now I see he said I don't know the whole Bible you don't need to know the whole Bible but I can't answer all their questions. You don't need to answer all their questions. The gospel's simple, straightforward, easy. All you got to do is tell them what Christ did for you. God didn't make it hard. Listen, <clears throat> Acts chapter 2, uh, <clears throat> when the Holy Spirit fell and um, 3,000 people got saved. Acts chapter 3, 4, and 5, the gospel is just exploding in Jerusalem. People are getting saved all the time. And you know what? It's not all the apostles preaching. There's just people telling what happened to them. Did you ever read through Peter's sermon in Acts chapter 2? You know, there's nothing wild or wonderful. There's some quotes from the Old Testament in it. But basically he's saying, listen, Jesus, whom you crucified, is the Son of God, and he rose again, and um, listen, you're in trouble, guys. And they're getting it. The gospel is very, very simple. Sometimes, you know, <clears throat> what happens is we make it complicated and the enemy makes it complicated and we get all kind of snarled up and it, the gospel is very simple. You know, the Philippian jailer asked Paul and Silas, what must I do to be saved? Paul didn't say, listen, I got a good book. Let me just down, download it onto your iPad or your Kindle and you, you, can, you, can read, you can read this book and get saved. He didn't say any of those things. Paul said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. He didn't say, you know, you need to take a course. And in the course, they will show you how to get saved. He said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Now listen, this man was ready to be saved because he was just this much, this far away from dying. He was just about to fall on his sword because Paul was escaping. And Paul said, just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. You say, what if it doesn't work? It's the gospel. It always works. People don't always get saved, but the gospel always works. That's all Paul needed to tell this man. I'm sure he's told him a lot more later on, explained much more to him. But all he needed to do was believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's Paul. And if Paul was alive today, you know, he'd be a double PhD. He'd be so <clears throat> far up there as far as the, um, uh, you know, as, as far as education is concerned. We, we, we'd be amazed and astounded at his education. But you know what? When you hear him preach, he's just given a simple gospel because it's the gospel that saved him. You know what? I'm convinced you can do it. I'm convinced you can do it because Jesus makes fishers of men and Jesus is in you. I'm convinced you can do it because... Listen, the power has come, the Holy Spirit has come, and the power is in you to do it. And I'm convinced you can do it because all you've got to do is witness of what Christ has done for you. It's simple. You can do it. Every one of us in this room this week can witness to one person. Every one of us in this room. You can witness to one where you say, but I'm only saved, you know, <clears throat> very short time. That doesn't matter. Can you tell them how you got saved? That's witness. Listen, every one of us in this room can witness to one person. And you know what you might find? You might find if you do it once this week, you get addicted to it. 
Because it's the most exciting thing you can do. Everybody can find somebody to witness this week. Witness her this week. I mean, the Lord Jesus Christ is in you. You know, you say, well, I don't know where I'd find them. Let him find them for you. Here's the dare, right? The dare is, Lord, lead me to someone, and I'm going to trust you to speak when I do it. If you do that this week, you know what? God will give you somebody to witness to. If you're willing. God may bring somebody to witness, and you don't witness to them. Don't do that one. That's a dangerous one. But God will give you somebody to witness to if you're willing. You see, <clears throat> you're not witnessing about you. You're witnessing about him. He's given you the power. And he's the one that makes fishers of men. Just let him do it. Let him teach you. Let him teach you, right? <clears throat> okay, First Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. <clears throat> verse 14 gives us the context. These people are suffering persecution. But if, but and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. Right? So what's he saying? Listen, persecution is coming. It's going to be on you. And when you suffer for righteousness' sake, don't be afraid. Um, be happy. Don't be afraid of their terror. Don't be afraid of what you're facing. Verse 15, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and this with fear. First of all, he says, listen, <clears throat> sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready. Right? So sanctify and put God in his proper place in your heart. If you're going to be a witness, just give God his place in your heart. You see, the problem with you being a witness is you can't do it by yourself. You can't do it in your own power. You have to be in the place where the reality is it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It has to be the power of Christ working through it. You just can't do it by yourself. Listen, you can trot out a plan. You can tell people some stuff. But real witnessing happens because of Christ in you. And, you know, one of the big issues for us is just giving Christ his proper place in our hearts. The word sanctify means to to, to make holy, to set apart. You know, if we're going to be witnesses, we have to be holy. And our understanding of holiness has to be right. Holiness is not me giving up everything that's fun in life so that I can live dreary and an unhappy and a miserable life. Holiness is me letting God have his way in my life. The happiest people in the world are holy people. Because that's what they're made for. That's what you're made for. Holiness is simply letting God have his way in your life. Letting God work in your life. Holiness is you being connected to God and enjoying all the blessings that God intended for you. Spiritual riches. Glory and blessings that flow in your life. That's what holiness brings to your life. But you know, unless you let God have his way in your life, he's going to have a hard time using you as a witness. He's going to have a hard time taking your life and using you because God uses holy instruments. We need to be sanctified and meet for the master's use. You see, the issue is not whether I can witness or not. The issue is am I letting him have his way in my life as far as holiness is concerned? 
Am I letting God work in my heart to make me holy? Because, folks, we need to be holy. We can't have anything going on between us and God apart from holiness. And apart from having something going on between us and God, without me ye can do nothing, Jesus said. It doesn't work. So, listen, <clears throat> you know, the block to your witness is not your ability. It's not your plan. It's not what you're doing. The block to your witness is, are you letting him make you holy? Are you letting the Spirit of God make you holy? And you say, well, <clears throat> man, there's so much in my life. No, listen, in order for you to be holy, you need to deal with what the Holy Spirit is bringing into your life. You need to deal with the issues. Look, it's easy. It really is easy. You know, listen, you could walk away from this service today holy. You say, but I've got so much in my life that needs to be changed. You don't need to change it. What you need to do is you need to yield it and let God begin to work in your life. Changing it's going to come, but yielding is what makes you holy. You're going to yield yourself to him and say, Lord, listen, I'm going to be... You see, yielding yourself lets the Spirit come in and fill you, and that's what you need to be holy. So when it comes to being holy, what you need to do is yield, and then you need to go out of here and let God have his way in your life. And you know what you're going to find? You're going to find that holiness is not hard. Holiness is not hard. It's not difficult. problem for you is that you're going to go out of here holy, and the Spirit of God's going to say to you, let's not do this. And you're going to effectively say, what do you know? This is what I always do. And you're going to do it, and you're going to grieve him. That's, that's what makes us unholy. What makes us holy is when we say, Lord, forgive me, I want to do it your way, and we go back and do it his way. It really is simple. It's straightforward. <clears throat> Just let uh, God make you holy. Let God work in your life and, and make you holy. And you know what? Holiness is never a burden. <laughs> Sin's a burden. Man, people get long faces and, you know, <clears throat> drawn faces because of sin, but they don't get it because of holiness. Holiness is a blessing. It's a joy. You've got to do things God's way. <coughs> Secondly, be ready always to give an answer to everyone. Be ready. How are you going to get ready? Look, why don't you this week wake up every morning and say, <clears throat> Lord, I want to be ready today. I want to be ready to speak to somebody. Lord, would you open my eyes to see the people that you're working and lead me to people. Give me a divine appointment today. Give me somebody to speak to. Do you think God could do that? Do you think <coughs> Do you think God is struggling with, with, with the people around you that, you know, listen, none of them want to get saved? Or do you think maybe he's working in somebody's life and he's looking for, who can I use? Who can I use to witness them? And maybe he's even knocking on your door, but you're kind of a bit dull because you're not listening. But do you think God might have some people that he wants you to speak to this week? I think he does. And it's not all of them are going to come to church next, get saved and come to church next Sunday. Some of them are not going to get saved. They're going to turn the other way. But you know what? There's some people out there that God wants to get saved this week, and he wants you and I to be involved in seeing them saved. There are some people out there that God wants us speaking to this week so that they can get saved. There's somebody in your circle that God would like to see saved if only he could get you to be the witness he wants you to be. You know, if you start the day by praying, Lord, <clears throat> make me ready. Right? <clears throat> and then, you know, listen, what you could do is to be ready. Um, <clears throat> is You could maybe jot down your testimony on a page, just one page. 
just your testimony. You want me to, I'll look through it and I'll give you some pointers on it, but just one, one, one test. Basically, what you're going to tell them is, listen, I used to be a sinner. You don't have to glory in sin. That's not the issue. You used to be a sinner. You were going to hell, but somebody declared the gospel to you and you realized that Jesus died to pay the price for your sins and you trusted him and you got saved. You got born again. And then you could talk about the changes he's brought in your life. Not about how good you are, because you're not, but the changes he's brought in your life. That's simple, isn't it? Everybody that's born again has got a testimony. Amen? Listen, you could take and you could use it. You, you could, listen, you could go further. You could add in some verses. You know, you could put in Romans 6, uh, 23. <clears throat> For the wages of sin is death. For the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's a great verse. Isn't that the whole gospel in one verse, isn't it? That, that, that's it, all wrapped up there in one verse. If you only had one verse, you, you got it there. What about John three sixteen? Everybody knows it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You could do that one too, couldn't you? In fact, what you'd be amazed at is, you'd be amazed at how many, how many verses the Spirit of God has stored in you for just such a time. And you'd stand there talking to people, and you'd find verses coming out, and you'd say, Wow. Because that's what the Spirit of God does. He brings Scripture to our memories. He reminds us of it. Look, listen, it's not difficult. It's not hard. You, you, you could just ask the Lord to show you and then, listen, write down your testimony. He said, well, look, I, I, I won't have time. I will not have five minutes this week to write out my testimony. Okay, well, then, wing it. Because <laughs> you're, you're going to have all kinds of excuses. You're going to say, well, I couldn't do it because I hadn't written it. No, 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 wing it. Let the Holy Spirit of God bring your testimony to mind. The writing out of your testimony is just a comfort for you to help you. Because you've got a testimony. You say, but I might get things back to front. Listen, are, do you really think that more people are going to go to hell because you speak the gospel than would go to hell if you never opened your mouth? Well, of course. More people are going to go to hell if you don't open your mouth. Nobody's going to go to hell because you mess up the gospel. Listen, the Spirit of God is able to take it and work it out. Nobody's going to hell because you mess it up. That's just a lie the enemy's put in your heart. Here's, here's, here's a bigger truth, though. Here's a bigger problem for you. I might look foolish. Okay? Wait for this one. You are foolish. Right? Aren't you glad you're foolish? Because not many wise. It's the foolish that get saved. It's the people that are dumb enough to realize they're sinners on their way to hell and cry out to Christ and, and, and trust him. Those are the people that get saved. You, you, you are foolish. It doesn't matter what they think of you. You see, when it comes to you making a decision not to witness to somebody because you might look foolish, here's what you're really saying. I value their opinion of me. I don't even know them, but I value their opinion of me more than I value God's. Now, that's a problem, isn't it? Listen, that may not be murdering somebody, but that, that ranks high as far as sin is concerned. Because what you're doing is you're putting them above God. It doesn't matter what they think of you. It doesn't matter. You say, but they'll laugh at me. They may do, and you know what? It'll be good for you. <clears throat> it really will. It'll help you. I'm telling you, listen, when people give you a hard time about the gospel, it actually strengthens you. When people throw questions at you that you can't answer and you feel like, I wish I knew the answer to those, it makes you study. Look, nobody said it was all just easy. But you know what? When you give yourself to it, it's exciting. 
God begins to use you, <clears throat> and God can do something. Listen, just prepare your heart. Just say, Lord, <clears throat> I want to be a witness. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do the best I can with what I've got. And you know what? God will use you to get the gospel out. Because <clears throat> it's a fascinating story in the Old, in the Old Testament. You know, <clears throat> when Balaam <clears throat> you know, wanted to... Wanted to go because it was going to be money for him if he would go and, and 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 speak against the children of Israel and pray against them. God told him, "Don't do it." But anyway, he was going anyway. He was doing it, and his donkey won't move forward. And finally, his donkey starts speaking to him. The donkey starts talking to him, and the donkey is saying to him, "Listen, the guy's going to kill us. You don't stop. The guy's going to kill us." Right. Now, do you know that God had to use a dumb donkey to speak to Balaam because Balaam wouldn't listen? But here's the joy of it. If God can put words in the mouth of a donkey, can't he put words in yours? Couldn't he use you? Listen, you know, as as you know, with all the problems, the issues and so on that you think you have, don't you think that God could use you? And really witnessing is key. The key thing in witnessing is faith. Is Christ in you or not? Is Christ in you or not? Can you imagine jumping from a plane? Well, if you jumped from a plane and you had a parachute on your back, there would be a tense few moments for you. They say it's very exciting, but it's very tense, right? Uh, very. <clears throat> what you doing? You're plummeting through the air. And if you don't somehow stop plummeting through the air, you're going to hit the ground very fast and it's going to be curtains for you. But you have strapped to your back this thing called a parachute. But you'll never know the parachute works until you pull the cord. And then you can sail down nice and slowly and hit the ground at a nice easy speed. But you know what? When it comes to the gospel, you'll never know. Jesus is there. Unless you open your mouth and speak. You'll never know his power to use you unless you put it to the test. Unless you step out there and speak for him. And then you'll know his power. <clears throat> so often we let our hearts get <clears throat> get fearful and we don't do it because we're afraid. Um, <clears throat> secondly, then, look, just walk in the Spirit. Do you know the Spirit of God knows what he's doing as far as saving people in your life this week? Now, Listen, he's probably got a totally different plan to the one you have in terms of who he wants to save. You know, don't, don't, don't we kind of target the people? Yeah, they'd be pretty good. They would listen to you. They wouldn't laugh at you. They'd be nice to you. That may not be the person he's working on at all. The Spirit of God, though, has a plan to reach out to people around you. And if you'll let him lead, he'll do it. He'll lead you. Remember, <clears throat> Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch down to the desert? Well, what's in the desert? What a waste of time going down to the desert. But <clears throat> go down to the desert. And the Ethiopian eunuch is going along and he's reading from Isaiah 53. Perfect jump off point for the gospel. And so he asks Philip to get up beside him and Philip leads him to the Lord. Listen, Philip had no idea where he was going. The, the spirit just said, go down to the desert. It wasn't Philip's plan. He just obeyed, and this Ethiopian eunuch got saved. He was a great man. And then, and, and they say that there was a church started, uh, and, and he was the one involved in it. 
But you know what? All Philip had to do was say yes. That's all he had to do. Listen, if you would walk in the Spirit this week, I think he could lead you to somebody to witness to. Like you could come on Tuesday night and ask him to do it, but you know what? I think during the week and the people you work with and the people you're around and the people you go to school with and the people you meet in the shops and friends and neighbors and relatives that you interact with, you know, I think you could find somebody. The Holy Spirit is is going to draw you to witness to somebody. If you're just on the lookout and you're letting him rule, it's going to happen because he's about that work. He's about that business. Now it says, be ready when? Always. Not just Tuesday nights. I think you should set a time in the week when you go witnessing. I think that's good for you. I think that's a help. I think that's a blessing because it, it, gets, you, it gets you out there, it gets you going, it helps you gain a discipline. But you know what? <clears throat> Don't let it be just at the time when you go witnessing. Because the Holy Spirit's working 24-7. The Holy Spirit's on the move. He's working. He's drawing people all the time. And I guarantee you, if you just do your duty uh, <clears throat> at a calling time and you forget it for the rest of the week, you're going to miss opportunities. Opportunities come in the strangest of ways. Because strangest times, you know. <clears throat> but, you know, if you're not ready, they don't happen. But opportunities come to witness to people just in, in, in the strangest of times. Somebody will, will, will ask a question that's going to throw the gospel wide open. Somebody will want to will give you an open door, give you an opportunity, and all you need to do is just go through it. Be ready always. <clears throat> and it's to give the gospel to every man, it says. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh. You know, <clears throat> I know that I do this, and I assume that you do it as well. You know, we look at people and we see easy targets and we see hard targets. We see people who might listen and people who definitely wouldn't listen. And we tend to kind of zoom in on the easy targets and ignore the hard targets. The problem is, you don't know who the easy target is and who the hard target is. The, the, the easy target is the person the Holy Spirit's working on. And you just don't know. You know, <clears throat> listen, you, you, you go knocking on doors, you're knocking on a line of doors, nobody, nobody's interested, nobody wants to know, they're kind of just you know, getting you off the door as quick as they can. And you, and you give the opening question, um, do you ever think about what happens to you after this life is over? And somebody goes, yeah, all the time. Now, that happens regularly. Somebody God is working on. You know, uh, somebody will walk up to you and you'll look at them and you'll think, oh, man, I'm a bit scared of him. And listen, that'll be the person that God is working on. Now, don't put yourselves in danger, but understand that, listen, God is working. You know, we look at religious people, we look at priests, and listen, all of us say, oh, man, he knows so much. Listen, if he's not born again, he doesn't know nothing. If he's not born again, he hasn't made the first baby step. It doesn't matter how much theological training he's had. That's the first baby step. And, you know, as, 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 as simple as you may be in your understanding and your grasp of the gospel, you know what you know more, because Jesus said this. Jesus said, ye are the light of the world. Fishermen, tax gatherers, you know, all kinds of people that really didn't have much going on for them. He said, ye are the light of the world. You know, he says it to you, you are the light of the world. 
Not the light of the world because you're the intelligentsia of the world. Not the light of the world because you have the greatest education. Not the light of the world because you're the most handsome. Not the light of the world because you're the most wealthy. You're the light of the world because you've received Jesus. You see, Christ in you makes you the light of the world. Christ in you makes you the light of the world. And listen, when you go out there, you got something to say. And don't let the enemy dumb you down and tell you, no, 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 no. Listen, you just keep your mouth shut. What would you know? Listen, you know, <clears throat> the worst thing that could happen to you with the gospel is that you take it to somebody who is already saved. That's the worst thing that could happen to you. Apart from that, you can't get the wrong door with the gospel. You can't get the wrong person. But understand this, that God's got somebody out there that you may not even think is likely. And they're going to bow their head and get saved. Imagine the Apostle Paul getting saved. I, I'm sure there were people in the church, Lord, it would be just so much handier if you would just kill this man because he's going to kill us if we don't kill him. I'm sure they listen, there were people praying day and night that the Apostle Paul wouldn't find them. And then he gets saved. And you know what? He gets saved and they won't believe he's saved. I wouldn't either. Wouldn't you have a hard time with that? He's just trying to get in so we can find out who we are and they'll kill us all anyway. But no, he got saved. God was working. He got saved. Listen, <clears throat> you don't know everybody out there is a target for the gospel. Just let the Holy Spirit lead you. And you'll find yourself witnessing to somebody and you'll be just astounded at what he's doing because it's God that's doing it. And then <clears throat> to give a reason of the hope, of the confidence, of the sure hope that you have. What is your sure hope? Well, two, two sides to it. One is heaven. You know you're going to heaven, don't you? You know that when it's all over, when it's all done and dusted, that what happens in this world is not the major issue. The major issue is that I'm going to heaven. I want to go there with rewards. I want to go there <clears throat> uh, in a blaze of glory. But you know what? I'm going to heaven. Whatever happens, I'm going to heaven. Whatever happens, you know, the biggest problem in my life that I ever had or ever could have is dealt with. I have hope. And there's probably not a day that doesn't cross my mind. I'm going to heaven. Yeah, I went to a funeral this week, and a, an aunt of mine, and it was a grim thing. It was a really grim deal. And they were talking about all kinds of ways people get to heaven, that they can't go to heaven, and nobody had any hope. And at the end of it all, they all trailed up to get the, 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 the Eucharist in the hope that receiving the Eucharist would get, to, that get them to heaven. And you want to stand up and scream, no, 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 it'll never work. But there is real hope. I have a real hope. I know I'm going to heaven. Not because of some false notion somebody told me, but because of the word of God, because of what God said, because of a son that died for me. And you see, they don't have hope, but you do. And you know what? They desperately need hope. But you know, your hope is not just in heaven, is it? Listen, I, I'm looking forward to heaven. That's going to be great. That's going to be wonderful. But you know, I'm looking forward to life. And I'm looking forward to life because Christ is in it. A lot of grim things around, but you know what? I got Christ. You know, he daily visits me with blessings. He daily touches my life with good things. I got hope now and I got hope for then. And they have neither. 
And you know what? God calls you to witness for them. God calls you to speak to them of the hope that is within you. See what it says? With meekness and fear. Not arrogantly. Not bombastically. Not like you got the answer and they don't. With meekness and with fear. Because you're a beggar and you found bread, didn't you? You're a beggar and somehow, somehow, God led you to the place where you got the bread. And you know where it is. So you bring them to find the bread. Just humbly. Just humbly, listen, you found bread, they need bread. Come on, let me show you where it is. And you know what's going to happen if we'll be the witnesses that we're supposed to be? Souls are going to get saved. Because they always do. Maybe not the people you think are going to get saved, the people you hope are going to get saved. But souls are going to get saved. God is going to do a work because the gospel always produces fruit. See, you can't throw a stick of dynamite for it to do nothing. If you could throw a stick of dynamite and nothing happened, then there was faulty dynamite. There's a problem. But when you throw a stick of dynamite, there's an explosion that happens. And when you declare the gospel, something happens. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. It's explosive in its power. You get active about the gospel, and life hots up for good and for bad. You you listen, because that's what you're made for, and that's that's the lesson when you start doing it. Listen, it gets exciting. But understand this, look. It's not a case of I can't do it. I don't have the the wherewithal. I don't have the talent. I don't have the ability. No, it's not a case of that. It's not even a case of I don't know enough, because you've got a testimony. You know enough. It's not a case of, well, it won't work, because I haven't haven't got the power, because the Holy Spirit is the power. All it is is a case of you being willing. Of you being in that place where you're willing to be the witness you're supposed to be. Of you getting a different mindset. Of you looking at this week and saying, okay, Lord, I want to be a witness. I want to be used of you. I want to speak for you. And letting God use you this week. And you know what? You'll come back with a story next week. You'll come back with God has done something. You'll come back and you'll look at something that's happened this week. Because God is on the move. The Spirit of God is on the move. And if you'll let him, he'll use you. And you'll be thrilled and excited and there will be fruit. But if we hold back, if we won't give ourselves to him, if we won't let God have his way in our lives, you know what? There'll be no fruit. That's the truth. Because there's no plan B. God doesn't say, well, you know what? That life gate, they didn't do the business. They didn't do it the way I wanted them to do it. And only a handful of them are witnessing. God doesn't do that and say, well, look, I'm going to send the angels to do it for them. There's no plan B. When Cornelius wanted to be saved, God sent him an angel. And the angel told him, send for Peter. He will tell you. Why didn't Cornelius tell him? Why didn't the angel tell Cornelius? Because that's not his job. That's your job and my job. We're supposed to tell people. And if we'll tell people, God will do the work. Don't get beat up. Don't feel, you know, I'm never going to get this. Listen, just recognize. 
All I need is Christ in me. He can do it. If I let him, he'll do the work. If I let him, he'll save souls and he'll use me to do it. Let's bow for prayer. Father in heaven, we do thank you, Lord, for your word to us. Thank you, Lord, for the gospel. Thank you for saving us. And Lord, we look to you this morning. We ask you now to make us witnesses. Blessed Spirit of the Lord, would you do a deep work in hearts and lives. Lord, let it not be that we that we just gloss over it. Let it not be that we uh, come forward and, and, and do nothing about it. But, oh, Lord, let may there be a true and a real commitment today to you to be the witnesses that you want us to be. And, Lord, may there be fruit this week because of what you're doing in hearts and lives right now. Let's all stand quietly to our feet. And as the, <clears throat> as the piano is playing softly, and you need to make a decision. God has spoken to you. God has touched you. I want you to step out of your seat and come and just confirm it between you and him at the platform. Here. Just come and, and do business with God. Take a few minutes and ask God to make it real in your heart for you to do it. Don't, don't, don't miss the moment of decision. God is working. Listen, seize the moment and let him have his way. Just come. As God is moving in hearts, just come. Step out of your seat and come. And let him complete that work that he's doing in your heart.